You're listening to Door and Window Discussions, the official podcast of Door and Window Market Magazine, where each month we open new insights into the industry's latest news and host discussions with some of its most interesting people. DWM is the only business-to-business publication that's devoted exclusively to coverage of the full door and window industries, with a circulation that's audited by BPA Worldwide. And now, let's talk doors and windows. I'm Drew Vass, editor of DWM Magazine, and I'm here with my co-host, Tara Tafara, the magazine's publisher and editorial director. Hello, everyone, and welcome. As difficult as it is to think about anything other than the coronavirus and the effects it's having on the industry in every area of life, today we want to take a break from our special coverage and return to DWM's regular monthly podcast. That's not to say we won't mention things related to the coronavirus, but that's not our main objective today. In the process, we think we've found a topic that's every bit as important from a safety perspective, at least, and especially these days. That's right. This week is Window Safety Week. And as kids are held out of school for the coronavirus and kept at home these days, we feel there's never been a more important time for this subject. So we're bringing in Angela Dixon, Marketing and Communications Director with the Fenestration and Glazing Industry Alliance. We'll also talk to Jeff Jackson of PGT Innovations. Actually, we already spoke to Jeff, including for our last regular podcast amid the early impacts of the coronavirus And while that became the primary topic we discussed in that episode, it wasn't the only thing we discussed. So we're going to circle back to share those parts with you today. Which, by the way, that is our highest ranking podcast to date, or at least the most listened to. So people really enjoyed that one. You know, before we get started, the one thing I wanted to bring up, Tara, is yesterday um, you did a podcast for one of DWM's sister publications, AGRR which is for the auto glass industry. And we we included this in our newsletter, but I just want to bring it up because that was an episode that I think any uh, business, any business leader should listen to. Um, it's not, you know, it's specific to aid and, and how to navigate these times and not to auto glass. So I would suggest anyone who has an opportunity, where do they find that? Um, Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Anyone can um, really value, um, get value from that. And if you, we did link to it in their newsletter, but the easiest way, the easiest place to find it is go to agrrmag.com and click on the podcast link. And it will be, should be the first one that shows up. Um, Look for the headline of Paul Morris. It's that one. And it really is great. So before we bring in Angela, let's look at some of the statistics for window safety. According to the Consumer Product Safety Commission, about eight children under age five die each year by falling out of windows. 3,300 go to the hospital because they're seriously injured. Meanwhile, they estimate there have been 271 deaths since 1990 associated with window blinds. That's from strangulation. It's just terrible. It's just awful to think about, and it can happen in the blink of an eye. And, you know, every year I have covered window safety, um, but almost 13 years ago, it really hit home for me. Uh, We had to move into a rental as our new house wasn't ready. I just had a baby. My other two girls were four and six. Uh, I remember driving away one day and will never forget what I saw. My two girls were leaning on the window screens, waving at me from the second floor and yelling, bye, mommy, bye, mommy. Um, I remember my mother-in-law was visiting at the time. My husband was home. I 
put the car in a park, ran inside and yelled something like, get them away from the window. I write about this stuff all the time. They can fall out of there. It's really dangerous. Um, so not that I didn't think it was important before, but wow, did that really hit home that day? And it's something I'll, I'll just never forget. When the weather's nice, that's one of the first things we all think about opening up the windows. Uh, but in cases like that, thank God you are who you are and do what you do, right? A, right. a lot of people would have just waved goodbye and pulled out of the driveway unknowingly. And, well, let's bring in Angela to find out more about what FGIA is doing to help people be aware of this. Angela Dixon is Marketing and Communications Director for the Fenestration and Glazing Industry Alliance. Angela, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Well, it's an important topic, and we're really glad that you could join us today. Um, it's a crucial topic and message all year round, but especially in the moderate months, um, this topic of window safety, you know, and right now we have more kids being quarantined at home. I mean, everybody's at home right now. Um, can you just speak to those needs and how this has increased the whole topic of window safety has increased in importance? Yeah, you're so right, Tara. Window safety is crucial all year and the window safety task force especially tries to focus on the times of year when windows are being open to let fresh air in. So for us, that's typically the spring and the fall. However, with the current COVID-19 crisis and more kids at home sheltering in place with their families now and potentially for many weeks to come, uh, being together can be a wonderful time for family bonding. We're rolling right on through Disney Plus in our house. <laughs> um, but it can also be a time when unknown risks pose a real threat to the safety of children. So um, according to the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, on average, eight children ages five and under die each year as a result of window falls, and approximately 3,300 are injured. Um, wow. That's a lot. So previous studies by Safe Kids Worldwide reported that children who fall from windows are likely to be male, under age five, and unsupervised at the time of the fall. Um, and boys for whatever reason it didn't note in the report, are twice as likely to die from fall-related injuries as girls. And 70% of those parents surveyed for the report had never used devices that prevent windows from fully opening. So wow. it's really imperative to share with everyone that screens are meant to keep bugs out. They're not designed to keep kids in. And I'm sure many in our industry are aware window opening control devices or WOCDs allow a window to open no more than four inches. There was even a stop at four campaign that was really popular a couple years ago. Um, and this allows for ventilation while limiting that opening. So considering installing window fall prevention devices like WOCDs or window guards is really important, but make sure you check the manufacturer's information to make sure the products comply with ASTM F2090. Those devices can help prevent a child's fall by limiting how far the window can open, but are also equipped with release devices to allow for escape in case of a fire or other emergency. So ultimately, when it comes to window safety, there's no substitute for adult supervision. Keep children's play away from windows, doors, and balconies, and teach children not to jump on beds or other furniture, which could also lead to falls or injuries. Unfortunately, and I monitor these um, pretty closely, Jumping on the bed is a pretty common theme 
when I read tragic stories about window falls, maybe the parent thinks that they're taking a nap and they're actually doing something else or they're just playing in their room. Um, so that's a really big one, but let's be real in the time that we're in right now, the stresses are immense. Parents are juggling jobs at home learning, and they're just really making the best of a tough situation, which is why the window safety task force message is so important right now. Yeah. I have to admit, Angela, we've already had one, uh, minor concussion in my house that my, my seven year old son, and he was just playing his room, and and we're not 100% sure of, of how it happened, but he you know he was playing basketball in his room and ended up with a concussion. So um, to your point, I mean we're we're just kind of on a heightened level right now, but it's it's always scary when these things happen, especially especially now. So what has FGIA's role always been in this, and and what are some of the things that the alliance does to promote awareness and or maybe encourage new solutions? Yeah. So as you know, AMA and IGMA united to become the Fenestration and Glazing Industry Alliance at the beginning of the year. And um, AMA and WDMA were founding members of the Window Safety Task Force in 1997. So our marketing team helps to spread the task force's message by overseeing promotion of Window Safety Week, which is this week. So thank you for having me this week. <laughs> um, yeah. And by doing that, we post um, the task forces to the task forces social media accounts. So you can find us on Twitter at Window Safety TF and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Window Safety Task Force. So we've been talking about window safety for 23 years. We want to strive to keep that message fresh. So each year we take a step back and challenge ourselves to invigorate that message. So recently we purchased new stock images associated with the campaign and they look really great and have helped to spark some interest from new followers. But in addition to those social media accounts, the task force has two kits available, one for media representatives and one for companies. And they include a sample press release, window safety tips, and sample social media posts. So we try to just make it really easy for people to help spread the message so you can find all of that at almanet.org slash window safety. And leading up to Window Safety Week, we also focus all three of our FGIA blogs on window safety. So this year's no different. And you can find those blogs at almanet.org slash blog. And in particular, we have talked about how the coronavirus has impacted this issue. And we make all of these available to the industry and really anyone who wants to use them to educate their employees or customers or community members and beyond. And I was going to ask, so how do you, I'm assuming that you publicize this a lot to your members. So mm -hmm. how do they, are they pretty good about, I'm sure some are, you know, maybe more social media savvy, some are better than others, but are they pretty good about pushing out these messages as well, since they have a lot of consumer followers, obviously? Yeah, and that's really one of the ways we've extended our reach. Um, you know, as FGIA or WDMA, we have our members um, as our followers on our accounts. But obviously, our members are de reaching different, more consumer-level audiences than we are. So mm -hmm. it's really great to have their support. And, you know, a lot of the Window Safety Task Force, I mean, yes, FGIA and WDMA and um, even the Screen Manufacturers Alliance have been members, 
but um, the bulk of the task force is really window door skylight hardware manufacturers that want to make sure that they're protecting their customers using the products that they produce. And of course, awareness is one angle to attack this issue by. Um, but the other is, of course, codes. And have there been any changes or, or updates there, things that have hap- happened to uh, you know be more stringent? Yeah, so having an industry-accepted standard for window opening control devices has been incredibly important. Um, that's happened within recent years. That's ASTM F2090. And it cleared clearly describes the type of devices that should be used to prevent falls so that consumers can look for WOCDs and guards that meet that standard. Um, During this time, the CDC is recommending increased ventilation, which can be achieved by opening windows, but it is essential to use ASTM F2090 compliant products, especially if you have small children in your home. And again, screens will not keep children in and there should not be relied upon as a safety of a device. Um, so you, I was just going to say, are no, you finding no. that that's still people don't realize that they can't rely on the screens? I'm thinking you still have to do education on that. That's the biggest message we try to push out. Yes, that screens, you know, there was even a really kind of cute campaign a few years ago um, that had, you know, little bugs and stuff and and kids showing the real purpose of a screen. So while all of us want some fresh air, we just have to make sure we're doing it safely. Right. Yeah. And if you have those WOCDs on, say, a double hung, for instance, if you have, you can still drop the top panel, right? And and get some top ventilation. Absolutely. And, you know, the point is to reach kids mainly under the age of five um, that might just start banging on the screen or again, you know, jumping um, on the bed or something like that. So if you have that option to drop that top sash instead of the lower one, Mm-hmm. then that's a really ideal way to get that ventilation without having that safety hazard. You know, you mentioned a minute ago um, WDMA and, and how both, you know, your organization and WDMA kind of sounds like maybe work together a little bit on this. And that I wanted to ask you, you know, we're seeing the industry come together in new ways. And um, has this affected associations? I mean, are you collaborating more over Safety Week? Um, you know, amid the current environment? Well, we're collaborating all year long and we will continue to do that um, to make sure these life-saving tips and resources are available to our industry. Um, While we shelter at home this extra time that we could have been spent commuting or sitting in airports, we've all done that, um, or running kids to after-school activities. My kids introduced me to their friends as their Uber driver which I just love. (laughs) Uh, That time can really be redirected in a lot of positive ways. So um, such as continuing education from whatever the organization you may belong to for us through May, we're offering our online fenestration masters program at the member rate to everyone in the hopes of providing support through continuing it during this time. Um, Obviously we're also adapting our traditional in-person events to virtual 
platforms. So it's an exciting time to see how we can transform and refresh our events. And I think we have some pretty innovative ideas for how to do that. And of course, we're all working from home, like many others, but we're still committed to continuing to offer all the programs and services of benefit to our members in the industry. And after 16 years in the fenestration and glass industry, my favorite part is still the people. We work in an amazing industry with amazing people. And I know you agree. Yes, so definitely. These, these folks are the brightest, kindest, strongest. So if anyone can weather a storm, it's the people that you and I work with on a daily basis. Well, Agreed. Angela, that is so positive and such a great way to send us out. Um, we totally agree with you. And thanks so much for being our guest today and talking about this important issue. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, I hope that everyone will help us to spread this message during Windows Safety Week. And again, that's um, this week, April 5th through the 11th. And if you need anything, please reach out. Thank you so much. Thanks, Angela. Our next guest is a great one. Though he is very well known in the industry, I met him in person for the very first time at the International Builder Show this past January. And that's Jeff Jackson, CEO of PGT Innovations. I will tell you, we taped this segment with Jeff when we had him on the phone last month to talk about the coronavirus. But let's go to that interview. Jeff, it's nice to have you on the podcast. Uh, thanks, Drew. It's nice to be back. So, Jeff, I sat down with you at the IBS show, and we talked at length about the acquisition of New South. Um, and you talked about some of the challenges taking place there. So just take us through how that's going. Oh, the acquisition has actually went really inc uh, incredibly well. We closed it uh, January 31st, so they officially became part of PGT Innovations. And uh, we've already uh, uh, set out on the expansion plans. Uh, we, we've uh, scheduled to open up uh, the first store under uh, PGT Innovations in Pensacola. Uh, that location has been identified, lease is signed, uh, leader, the store uh, president's been hired and, and uh, is in training. Uh, the next location most likely will be Houston. Uh, we're looking in, in that area and in certain uh, regions and trying to identify the right spot there. And then shortly after that, uh, New Orleans. So uh, mm. the expansion plans are already hitting the ground running. Uh, sales have been great so far. Uh, the the in-home uh, business is definitely a different model for PGT. Uh, innovations. You know, before we were just in the uh, the uh, box stores with the special order, and then our dealer distributor network. But we had never participated in that direct to consumer market, and so this is a new channel for us, and it's very exciting. Can Can I ask you about those locations? So I think I'm not surprised about um, New Orleans, but I'm not sure I knew about Houston. Um, can you tell me how you kind of made that decisions to be, you know, as you expand more and more out of Florida? Um, how you chose Houston? Sure. Uh, I, I currently have dealers in Texas. And so we ship product uh, from, from basically Florida here in Venice all the way to Texas already. And so my thought process is very simple. I want to connect the dots. So as you go up through uh, I-10 down, down through Pensacola uh, on your way uh, west, uh, we, we want to have a location in, in New Orleans and then ultimately end up in Texas with their stores and I can leverage both uh, transportation uh, with all my products uh, as I'm shipping from both Venice and Tampa, the New South uh, manufacturing facility uh, together, as well as just the market. That's where people are in terms of impact protection. 
Right. Uh, the Gulf Coast gets hit tremendously uh, by, by hurricanes, and so does Texas. So uh, it's an incredible market for impact products. And just to clarify, so the new, the new locations, they are being opened under the brand of New South or PGT? Uh, New South. We're going to keep those brands separate. Uh, uh, again, we're going to keep our dealer distributor uh, network with the PGT Innovation uh, uh, historical brands, uh, legacy brands, if you will. And then the New South brand, we're going to use that as sure, uh, solely our retail uh, store brand that will be the, you know, uh, shown in the retail branches and also sold directly to the customers and, and online. Uh, we're going to keep them separately. Separate. The only thing that we would, we would be, uh, if you will, managing together would be the logistics. So if I'm delivering product to our a dealer in Texas, this PGT, I can also stop up in Tampa, pick up some New South product and drop it off at a New South store along the way in, in Pensacola or, uh, you know, all the way to Houston. And I know that New South is huge in advertising in Florida, television advertising, et cetera, and they have such huge brand recognition there. So as you expand, are you going to be um, taking that marketing to those other states as well with a big, um, you know, ad presence? That That's the goal. Uh, our uh, senior VP of marketing, CMO Amy, she's incredible uh, talent, and she's already looking in that Pensacola area with, with marketing initiatives. Uh, and branding initiatives. Uh, and I think also what's, what's also important is we're going to use that same kind of expertise to help our dealer network here in Florida with the PGT Innovations brands as well. So a lot of it, a lot of it's about lead generation, especially in the repair and remodeling market. Uh, new construction is a different animal, but in the repair and remodeling market, it's about lead generation and, and closings. So that's what our dealers does with the PGT legacy brands. That's what they do. And that's what New South has done with their stores and, and their marketing. We're going to some we're going to leverage that expertise New South has had in helping our dealers as well uh, with their lead generation. And I think I remember talking to you, or I might have been with Earl Ron. I've had a chance to speak with him numerous times in recent months. And I think, from what I understand, you don't see those two brands, those two channels, bumping into one another. Uh, is that based on? price point or you know why do you see that being the case uh, that's probably a combination of things one size of the order itself uh, my dealer distributor base typically are doing whole home packages uh, anywhere from uh, you know I'd say 15 to 50 you know window and door type packages uh, the new south store or our branches they they will tend to do much smaller uh, larger number of but much smaller uh, packages. So maybe they're doing, uh, you know, three or four windows in a slider, uh, for instance. Uh, so it's a little different market in terms of size of the actual order itself. Uh, and then also just the um, uh, strength of the product itself. Uh, PGT you know, uh, products are, are made for Miami-Dade, you know, uh, hurricane uh, category five rated. Mm -hmm. uh, New South products are, are, are impact, but not as highly as high rated as some of the PGT products. So there's there's a ge geographic uh, difference as well. Okay. Um, I wanted to really change gears a little bit here and talk about culture. Um, I was excited to see that um, Western Window Systems launched a women's leadership network. Um, I think I read somewhere that you were an early champion of this. Um, and as a side note, do you have three daughters? Is that right? I do. Yeah, and I do. Uh, I'm sure that had something to do with it, maybe. 
yes, actually, it, it did. Uh, you know, uh, I'm a I'm a daddy's girl, so uh, we I grew up raising them in sports, uh, both in soccer and lacrosse. And uh, you know, as they watched me grow in my career, I would uh, instead of my sons joining me uh, for a fishing event, it would be my girls. Yeah. So you know, I just uh, I view uh, opportunity for females in general especially in manufacturing, is incredibly difficult. Uh, historically, manufacturing uh, has been a uh, male-dominated uh, industry. And so uh, I wanted to basically create an opportunity for uh, you know, gender diversity for females to, to succeed. And actually now I have three senior VPs on, that are females on my team, uh, Debbie Lipinska, Sherry Baker, and Amy. Uh, all three are key roles, and uh, they're, they're the most uh, uh, diverse executive team uh, PGT's ever had. And since I started, uh, again, the first two board members I, I brought on uh, once I was made uh, president and then CEO uh, were two female, made more female uh, board members. So, again, just trying to diversify, diversity of thought, uh, you can make much better decisions. And so I want to open up that glass ceiling, if you will, break it for the, for, for the females in the manufacturing world. And so we started uh, a group called Leading Ladies uh, roughly four years ago. Uh, it's in its fourth year now, 2020. And so, uh, the, the, you know, it's a company-wide initiative. We have not only at Western, uh, Western's the latest kind of branch to open their, uh, you know, uh, uh, group. But uh, uh, company-wide, we have over 35 uh, different uh, ladies in, in six different plant locations. And, uh, again, it's, it's about learning, encouraging each other, celebrating accomplishments. Uh, they get together at least twice a year as a group and then quarterly more individually by location. And uh, they'll have speakers. Uh, you know, I'll speak to the group. Uh, they'll have uh, third-party uh, motivational speakers come in or leadership speakers come in, that kind of stuff. They'll network, uh, they'll perform uh, uh, exercises like uh, uh, testing uh, your uh, leadership styles and skills and, and, and learn from each other. And it's just a way, again, for them to create uh, mentorships and bonding uh, relationships that help succeed in, in business. So, Jeff, uh, switching gears again, but speaking of culture and initiatives, I had a chance to do, I did an article a couple of issues back that focused on innovations, and specifically, this one was for entry doors, but industry-wide, I don't know that people necessarily think of the door and window industries as, as the type that has labs or that has innovation centers where people uh, get together and collaborate to come up with new designs and products. That's probably more of what people envision for Apple, right? But what we discovered is that that is the case. And I know that Tara is familiar with your iLab. Um, you opened that late last year, right? Uh, yeah, we did, actually. We, one, we changed our names to from PGT uh, Industries to PGT Innovations. Uh, in a sense, for that reason, we wanted to be seen and, and, and be known as the cutting edge of window and door technologies that came out. We were the first. Uh, residential impact window, which in, in and of itself was innovative. Uh, it's, it's not your standard uh, single pane or double pane window. Uh, it's impact protected. We, we added uh, insulated glass to that as well. So we've always been kind of on that cutting edge of new technology. And uh, with the acquisition of Western, they're an incredibly innovative uh, indoor and in indoor outdoor living uh, development. And innovation isn't just product based. I think New South has proven that. In Innovation can be in how you market yourself. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, South has been very creative and innovative in marketing. So, so again, innovation is, is a, it tries to capture what I would consider a kind of a, a newness to how we approach business. And we want to be on the cutting edge of that, whether it's product development or how we go to market. In our iLab that you're uh, talking about, yeah, we launched that last year. And uh, basically, it's like a, a mini micro factory, if you will. And, and what we use that for is when we have an idea, our dealer may have an idea, or our sales rep, or somebody on the shop floor could, about a new product, whether it's a uh, pivot door, or a tilt and turn, or, or bifold. And it's a new idea. We want to make the window or door or whatever that product is first and kind of test it, if you will. And if it catches on, maybe we'll put it in a couple of dealers' locations. And if, if there's interest and if it catches on, we can figure out how to mass produce it. But in the interim, you've got to figure out just how to get it into the market. And if you wait too long to get it into the market, sure enough, a competitor could, could come out and, and beat you, and, and, you know, into the market with that product. So the iLab is, is viewed as a micro factory to, to kind of get to market quicker with innovative products and designs that, that may or may not work. Uh, we know going in, it, you know, we're not looking for it to, quote, make money. We're looking for it to be innovative and create the next impact window. So I don't know what that next one is, but I do know if, if it's there, we're going to find it. So glass is constantly changing. You know, energy, uh, 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 impact, uh, weight, frame depth, frame type. Uh, people seem to want thinner frames now, more glass, bigger glass. Uh, impact doors are going up to 16 feet now. You know, you know when, when they first came out, they were eight. So, so uh, things are constantly changing in our industry, and we just want to be on that cutting edge to uh, do that. And we use our iLab to basically uh, to, to accomplish that. Well, that's a great innovation. And thank you so much for telling us more about that. And just thank you again for joining us today. Yeah, Jeff, we really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Drew. And thanks, Tara. It's nice uh, talking to both of you again. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thursday, we'll be back with our special podcast focusing on the coronavirus and its impacts on the industry. Be sure to tune in as we do everything we can to deliver helpful information. Thanks for joining us, and always be sure to check dwmmag.com for the latest news updates.